You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Handicast, the podcast within a disability after dark, where Heather Morrison and I sit down and talk about our new venture, Handy. I am Drew Gerza, the Chief Disability Officer and Co-Founder of Handy, and I'm so happy you're here with us. So, let's uh, put pleasure within reach for this new episode of The Handicast. First things first, we want to let you know that we partner with our friends at Love Honey. We are so excited to do that. So now, if you go to lovehoney.com or lovehoney.com.au or lovehoney.ca, you basically can get our copy of the handy book of Love, Lost, and Disability at any of those places. We're so excited to partner with them. They're such an amazing group of people. They've helped us all along the way at Handy. And we love that we're partnering with them. So I just wanted to say that Handy is partnering with Love Honey, and we couldn't be more excited about that. But now let's get to today's episode of The Handicast. And if you're wondering why we're putting, why the regular episodes that I put out are on Saturday mornings, and then we put The Handicast out at different times, it's because we have members from Australia who really support Handy, where Handy is based kind of in Sydney, Australia, so if the timing is different for you and and seems like why is why are some episodes put out at certain times, that's why, because the Handicast, we really want to make sure that our awesome folks in Australia get a chance to hear it during their daytime, which is why we put it out at different times, but that's why. Some people were asking me about that, and I wanted to just make that clear, but anyway, now let's get on with the episode. One of the things we have done with Handy, which you heard on our last Handy episode, was we started a campaign called the Rethink Sexy Campaign, where we basically took amazing photos of disabled people or had them send in photos, and we reimagined them in a sexy way to get people to take notice of, you know, disabled people in media and and get people to think about sex and disability in different ways. And one of the models that we that we asked to be a part of this was our friend Pansy St. Batty and she was the first image that we put out. So if you go on our handy social media that's handy on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see all that stuff there. And um she put out this amazing photo and we were like, we wanna have her on the podcast to talk about being a model with Ehlers Danlos syndrome and also what you know, what what are some of the challenges, but also some of the really cool parts about being a model with disabilities. So we had a really fun 25-minute chat with her, and we wanted to share that with you. So right now, here is our new interview for The Handicast with our friend and model, Pansy St. Patty, right here on The Handicast, a part of Disability After Dark. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Handicast, the podcast within Disability After Dark, where Heather and I, Heather and I, Drew Gerza, sit down and talk about uh, our new venture, The Handicast. And last week, we talked to an amazing journalist, Bianca Pharmacus, and we talked about representation, and we wanted to kind of do more of that today, but we wanted to do a different discussion around representation, and we wanted to talk about 
media representation in the fashion world. And so to do that, we have brought along one of our amazing, amazing spokespeople for Handy, who has burst on the Handy scene, I guess you could say, in recent days and was part of our Rethink Sexy campaign, was the first image that we put out, and it just has been taken our little corner of the internet by storm. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Pansy St. Batty. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's <laughs> so nice to finally be talking to you. <laughs> it is quite a pleasure. It's yeah. so nice to finally sit down with you, and we're so excited to have you here. So you. until I saw your stunning photo, until Heather and the Handy team told me a little bit more about you, I didn't know much about you. I was just like, wow, this person has a really cool photo. That's awesome. So can you, just so the audience can get to know you a little bit better, the handy audience, can you um, let us know who you are and a little bit about your disabilities and how they impact your day today? Yeah, so I'm a model and burlesque performer. Um, I have EDS and a lot of associated complications. Um, so the biggest thing for me is it really limits my energy levels and how much I can do in a day. I have to be very careful about scheduling um, and then obviously accessibility because I'm a full-time wheelchair user. Me too. Hey, what up? Yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of wheelchair do you use? Um, it is a motion composite state hex. Cool. I don't know what that is, but I, I was meaning more like a power or like a manual oh, chair. Oh, a regular chair. <laughs> it is like a, a manual. Nice, nice. Awesome. Um, cool. So, so I totally understand about energy levels because I have yes. BS and different disability stuff. But I, but I wanted to, first of all, tell you, like I, like I gushed at the beginning, your photo you took for us as a model for our handy rethink. photos I've ever seen. Um, oh no, did we the internet connection might have did you get all that or did I cut out? Maybe just again. Okay. Again I'm a shitty editor, so you might hear all this. Yay! Um <laughs> <laughs> but Pansy, so your cover for the handy Rethink Sexy campaign is really awesome. We're super excited about it. It blew me away when I saw it. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, so so working as a, as a disabled model, um, can you kind of share with us like what that experience has been like for you, how that came to be, and yeah, just kind of tell us that, a little bit about that story. Um, yeah, so it basically started, it was kind of an accident. For my 17th birthday, I did a series of pinup photos, because I was a really huge fan of, like, pinup pin up photography and the style and everything. And I had a lot of fun doing it, and I kind of posted my photos online, and they also got a bit of traction. Nice. Um, so then after that, I just kind of started shooting with friends and stuff and posting more photos, and it kind of just built on itself. And I realized it's something I really love doing, and it just makes me really happy, so I kept doing it. That's awesome, and I love I love how like you just like some matter of fact you're like yeah I did it now it's a thing it's great so that's cool yeah <laughs> um, yeah no before I was like when I was younger I didn't think I like I would have never guessed this is what I was doing I like for first half of my life so I wasn't into fashion and I didn't think that this was like I didn't like being in the spotlight I didn't like being on camera um, but then I kind of realized it was something that could be 
creative and also that it was something that could have a good impact. And I think once I saw like all the opportunities that were there besides just like, oh, looking pretty, it became something I really became passionate about. In so, addition to looking pretty, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just have a question on that, actually. Um, because if you look at, like, your suite of pictures, like, you can see the creativity coming through so clearly. And, like, they're just – they're it's like, you embody the creativity, but then the way that you dress yourself and the props and the things that go around it and the scenery also add to this, like, incredibly almost, like, fairy tale like or otherworldly sort of essence in some of your pictures. And I guess I just wondered, like, how much of your sort of creativity goes into that? Is that, like, a collaboration with different people who are working with you? And how do you sort of tap into that creativity to get some of those um, shots and some of those ideas? Yeah, so it varies quite a bit. Like, sometimes I'll do a job for someone, it'll be entirely their idea. Um, but I do have a lot of experience image directing, and I also do some shoots on my own where, like, a brand will send me something or, you know, pick out something for me to wear and then ask me to just take photos and I'll usually come up with the concepts there. Um, I generally, my favorite thing to do is when it's a collaborative thing, because for me, like I get really inspired by other people's creativity. I love working with other creative people. Um, but generally it's just kind of, I come up with ideas. I try to think about like what hasn't been seen before. What is something that gels with the aesthetic I enjoy? Um, thinking about like colors and stuff and just kind of slowly building it into something that, is really what I want it to be, and, like, that's pretty much the process. Amazing. I wanted to just piggyback off what Heather said, like, kind of in building that, that really, those really cool images, how do you, as a disabled person, take, like, how do you look at, look at the, like, shoot for an images? Because I've done video stuff, and I've done shoots, and I've done that stuff, and I constantly have to be like, oh, how is my disability going to play, going to be a part of this? How am I going to, you know, ensure my wheelchair is in the shot? Or how am I going to ensure that I show that I'm a disabled person doing this? Like, do you feel when you do shoots, you have to, like, do you make an effort to show your disability? Or are you in a space where you're like, I don't want to always show it? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, For me, I don't necessarily go out of my way to show it, but it shows up in a lot of my photos. And it is important for me to frame it, like, to have photos where people know I'm disabled. Because those are the photos that tend to have the biggest impact on people. Um, yeah. And that, like, I've... My favorite is, like, when I get messages from parents of young disabled people who are like, oh, I saw your photos, and it, like, really made me feel a lot more comfortable with my child, like, pursuing what they want to do and going out there and doing what they want to do. Um, so those ha having those images is really important to me. Um, but it's also, like, sometimes if it doesn't exactly gel with the concept or something, I don't go out of my way to show it, but I do try to include it. Um, I love decorating my wheelchair and including that in photos. Um, because I feel like a lot of times it can really add to the creative aspect. It gives you a whole other, like, dimension to play with. Yep. So that's definitely something that I think about. Yeah. The one that you've got where it looks like your wheelchair almost, like, has – is part of, like, some sort of a comet or um, you've got, like, cellophane or something on, coming off the back of it is just incredible. Yeah. Thank you. I never saw that one. I'm going to have to go stalk your Instagram. I'll oh, you have to do a better stalker job. <laughs> like, I've been stuck going deep. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's awesome like I, so how like now that you're kind of making a name for yourself in the fashion world as somebody with a disability how do you like we so rarely see disabled bodies on the runway especially in wheelchairs like how do you how do you how do you feel about all that like what what 
you want to see more of that? Are you, would you would you love to see like a disabled runway concept yes, more absolutely. widely? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, for me, I think it it definitely needs to increase in representation. There's a few disabled models who are out there doing great things, but not nearly enough. And it's always like a process of not only like getting the job and getting people to believe you can do it and take you seriously, but also just like the actual spaces being accessible and like making that physically possible for people. Like I think a lot of designers and stuff are not willing to put in that effort. Yeah. Makes it really difficult because like the payoff is worthwhile, but some people just aren't willing to do that. Um, And then also I think there's also a huge problem with tokenization where like a lot of times disabled models are like not taken seriously as their own individual models who have skills and are equally experts in their profession as any other model. Probably more so, honestly, because we have to work a gazillion times harder to get the same opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think just thinking, as we were talking about that, I was thinking about all the times I've seen, like, New York Fashion Week or, like, a big Fashion Week feature a model with disabilities. I'm thinking specifically of, like, a model with Down syndrome. Well, they'll say, like, wow, so-and-so's on the runway. Isn't it amazing? And it's like, well, this is great that they're getting pressed, but, like, this kind of media representation isn't super great because you're not really applauding them for doing it. You're tokenizing them for being there. And I wish that we would actually have, Oh, hello. I wish <laughs> that we, you had, your puppy is on, is on the screen with us. Yeah. Awesome. I love a dog bomb on the zoom. Hey, <laughs> um, so, you know, I really wish that we would have more media representation when that stuff happens. It's like, yeah, this is a badass wheelchair user and we should be, looking at this and being like, oh, good for you for coming on the runway. Wow. Like, do you do you think what, we're going to ever get to a place where that's going to change? Oh, yeah. I think absolutely. I think social media is really helping because people are able to build careers on their own before they're like an agency is willing to give them a chance and people are really willing to grow their business themselves. And then also at the same time, I think we're getting more disabled people in fashion in all regards like, as designers and as photographers and stuff. And I think the more we have that, the better representation we can get because those are the people who are really going to, like, change the landscape in terms of how things are running behind the scenes. Exactly. Totally. Um, I'm just going to another question I had. So, have you perfected your strut, your runway strut? Yeah, have you? That's a good yeah, I, I actually um, have a mentor who I trained under, uh, Coco Rocha, who's a very famous model, so she kind of – Help me come up with a runway roll. <laughs> yeah, runway roll. I was wondering what the what the terminology was going to be. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you walk us through it, or anything like, you know, any secret tips and tricks for all the up and comer rollers behind you? Yeah. So for everyone, I think doing a runway walk or a runway roll is going to be different. It should definitely be about like your personality and also how your chair works. But for me, like, it's really like. I'm doing a big push. I take some time to pose while just my chair is, like, coasting and then do my poses at the end of the runway, do my turn, and keep going like that. See, me Very I'm cool. Post. I can just see the, like, the glide, like, the big yeah. push. Like, you've got all this glide time. And do you do anything, like, during the glide, like, to sort of emphasize or bring, like, attitude, or does it depend on the show? It really depends on the show, yeah. but I, I do like to pose and, like, kind of just keep moving. Yeah. That's that's what I enjoy modeling, so if I have the opportunity to do that, I'll do that. Amazing. Are there okay. videos that we can um, surface and um, find for our um, put on our show notes and on our sites? Yeah, I can send it to you after this. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Just 
<laughs> so I have like ten questions that came from that because so when I do a, a runway roll in my, in my wheelchair in my power chair, I look like a big goof because I just spent the whole time looking at it and smiling. They're like, "Wow, you, are you here for me? Like, I can't. I have no. I have no game or like chill. I'm just a giant goof." So I'm like, "Okay, this is happening. All right, awesome." Like I did a I did a TV spot years and years ago for a TV show, and they were like, "Andrew, smile with your eyes," and literally the image of me is is. They're like, smile, Xander, and I, it was the most terrifying image that I've ever <laughs> taken in my life. It's terrifying. Because <laughs> I look like a, I just look like a serial killer. It was just really, really scary. Um, but, but when you, so, so when you, when a, if a brand wants to send you, like, clothes or something and was like, try this, do you ever have to, to adapt that given your EDS? Do you have to, like, look at what they're sending you to be like, can I fit this? Will my body do this today? Like, how do you, how do you manage that? If a brand sends you something that's totally inaccessible, are you just like, thanks, but no? Or do you try to make it work? Um, yeah, it's I'm pretty able to um, manage most clothing. Um, I think the biggest things for me is like obviously putting it on as a process, but I have my partner who usually is willing to help me out. Um, and then also like if that's something that's long and flowy getting caught in the wheels, I have to be really careful. Um, so that's always like a challenge to do because I'm like, okay, I have to set everything up and then put those on and then like get in my chair and I can't move my chair at all. Um, <laughs> till I take it off. So that's definitely a process, but like luckily for still photos, that's not a problem. Awesome. Yeah. What was your, okay, let's, let's, let's jump into Hanny for a minute. So when you got the, the shout out to to do this. What did you? What was your first impression when you got I, her got her message? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I thought the idea for inclusive like sex toys and just being inclusive around, you know, how we experience sex and sexuality is really important to me. Um, and it was something I was really happy to be able to be part of. Um, and like. I feel like for me, when I was growing up, like, I, a lot of queer sex shops and stuff were important to me, but they still didn't have that accessibility in mind, and I think being able to have something that can capture, like, really all sides of me and my needs is something that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, your your contribution in the book is also really, we're, we're so chuffed to have you and so, so excited that you're doing that, and so, like, thank you so, so much for that. Um... So, because you just mentioned to us that, that, you know, sexuality is really important to you and all those, that, which is, it is to us, obviously, but how, how does your, how does your EDS, your, your experience with EDS, play a role in your sexuality? Um, for me, both me and my partner are disabled. Um, cool. I mean, yes. it's awesome, because, like, we never hear that, so yay! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so for us, it's, like, constantly just about figuring out how we can adapt things, and it's, I think it really has improved communication during sex, because, like, every time we have sex, it's going to be a little different what we have the energy for, if we have any injuries or any pain, how to manage that. Um, so I think that's been something that's really come into play. And then uh, the more unfortunate side is I, of course, can't have sex as much as I like, because if I'm fatigued or in pain, I don't want to, like, knock my whole body out, and I have um, some issues with my heart, too, so I don't want to, like, Screw that up. So that unfortunately gets in the way sometimes. Um, and so, so like, do you? Because I know I know a lot of people with EDS and a lot of people who have other chronic things. When they talk about sex, they they you know they have to be really adaptable in in terms of like 
you know, sex can be a cuddly moment or it can be like, you know, so, so with, with getting as comfy as you want to be with this question, what kind of things do you do when your body says, I don't want to do this? What kind of things do you do to still be a part of that experience, but not go full on? Yeah. Um, for that, we love mutual masturbation. Yeah. It's like a good problem solver. <laughs> it's the equalizer for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have any questions, any other questions right now. Heather, do you have any, any other conversation starters? Or I mean, I guess you share some of the pictures, um, or the picture of you on the, on the cover of the Rethink, um, Sexy and Disabled People Are Sexy magazine. What was the response from some of the people that you work with? Like, we've obviously seen a great response on ours, but it's always great to hear what kind of conversations you might have seen or what, it, whether you think that's starting to, um, do any sort of heavy lifting or having any really sort of interesting conversations from your own audience? Yeah, um, it's gotten a lot of support. Um, a lot of my friends were really excited about it, including a lot of my able friends made me very happy. Like, a lot of people were interested Yay. in, like, looking at the book and checking it out and learning from it. So that made me really excited. Um, and then I posted it on TikTok as well, which was cool because I kind of got, like, I'm just building a platform there. I'm not super familiar with it, but I it seemed to be something that people were excited about and interested in. So I was like, okay, there's a platform for this, like, even in places I'm not familiar with. And that kind of makes me really excited because that's the kind of stuff I'm passionate about. Do you think you're going to do, think? like, TikTok dances or anything? Or, like, that's a thing? Or like, I was going to ask if your TikTok role was on there yet. Or your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have done one TikTok dance, and, oh, my God, it, like, put me out for the whole day afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No. <laughs> it was fun to try though I gave it a good shot um, I guess like another question I have is for the people who are kind of um, looking at you and being like this is incredible what you're doing both able-bodied but also the disabled um, people maybe young people who are younger than you who are starting to see themselves more represented in the pages of fashion or in Instagram um, what would your advice be for them um, to if they want to help increase representation too, or if they're looking to break into fashion um, or magazines or journalism, um, what would your sort of advice to, to those people be? Um, I think I have like two major pieces of advice. One is which is to really hustle for yourself, go out, email brands, like push for yourself. Um, and, you know, you won't always get a response, but like the more you do it, the better you'll get at it and the more people will take notice. And like, you know, You'll never know what opportunities you can get till you try. And then I think the second thing is, like, really don't try to adapt to things that you can't fit into. Try to get things to adapt to you. And, like, just say what you need and what you are able to do. And if people like that, they'll make it work. And if they don't, they're not worth working with. Boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah. Um, I also think it's really... <laughs> I think it's really powerful that you're a, a person of color talking about this in this space because we don't often when we look at dis disabled spokespeople or people kind of in the public spaces of disabled person, it's way too white. Yeah. And you know this. And so, like, how do you feel as a disabled person of color, like, talking about disabilities and, and bringing that to part of what you do? Um, I think it's it's very exciting for me. It's obviously, like, a lot of disabled uh, people in the public eye are very white, but I feel like I've also had the opportunity to, like, find that community in disabled people of color as well, and there's a lot of people um, 
in that space that I'm very fond of that I think are amazing and I love their work. And so it's like really exciting for me to get to be a part of that um, and to have those conversations about intersectionality. Awesome. Awesome. Like I, I just think, you know, I have a lot of privilege in the space as a white cis guy talking about all, my, all the things I do. And so I always try to like remember that if, if, you know, I was a, if I was a disabled person of color, I wouldn't have that privilege. So I always try to remember that like I have to open the door for someone else. Because, yeah, what I'm saying is important, but a disabled person of color might not be listening to the same. So I just think that, that you having that representation and being a part of that is really necessary for the next generation of disabled people. And Yeah, thank you. And, yeah, I've been following your work for a really long time, and I see you amplifying all kinds of different people. I've found different people who I like, whose work I now love through you. So Oh, yay! <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just a weird guy at my house doing things. Uh <laughs> The picture of himself in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's an artistic rendering of me as Professor X. It's fine. Um, Pansy, uh, is there anything, any part of your experience that you want to share that we didn't touch on today? Um, I think we got everything pretty much. Cool. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you having me and getting to have this conversation and talk about these things. Oh my God, come on anytime. And um, if you want to send us through any of your videos, we'll make sure we post those as well um, so that people can start their own, uh, their own, um, their own, their own high roller. Yes, I will send that over. Amazing. Excellent. Can't wait. All right. Um, Pansy, how can the people that are listening, how can they follow your work? How can they follow you on the Insta? How can they follow you on the TikTok? How do they get a hold of you? How are you for modeling? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I am at Pansy Saint Batty. Um. Pansy with a Y, Batty with an I E, on Instagram and TikTok and pretty much everything. Um. And my emails are there. My work emails are there for work contacts. And that's where the best way to find me. Amazing. We'll make sure it's all in the show notes. And again, it was so fun to have you. Your so much. Thank you for coming on the Handy Guest today, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.